Welcome back. I know that last week's podcast with Samuel Petty was a blessing to so many of you. And some of you might actually still be digesting that. And it's okay for you to take some time and maybe listen to the podcast several times because that's really an important thing to conquer the orphan spirit, the survivalist mindset so that you can really enter into covenant relationships with other people healed and freed with all of those walls broken down so that you can really just enjoy the benefits of this type of relationship with other people. We're going to end this little mini series on covenant relationships by circling back around and reviewing the covenants that are exampled for us in scripture and talking about how we can practically walk this out. So remember that we talked about all of the covenants that God had with man and we established that it is a fact that God never breaks covenant. We also discussed the three other types of covenants that we experience here on earth that are evidenced in in scripture. We talked about the marriage covenant. We talked about the friendship covenant using David and Jonathan as an example. And then the covenant between a mentor or spiritual mother, father type figure and a mentee or a disciple. And we used Paul and Timothy as an example. But we need to talk about what we can learn from all of these covenants before we can actually dive into them. As a recap, you can't hear it enough. God's word is a sure thing. So if God's word is a sure thing, so should our word be. It doesn't matter the depth of the relationship. If you can't do it, you shouldn't promise it. We see in scripture God called out people for their disobedience, stating disappointment and frustration and anger. The breaking of covenant was never on God. So don't let the breaking of covenant ever be on you. The result of broken covenant, which I can tell you are difficult, those consequences are brought on by our own lack of commitment to the Lord and to each other. Covenants are designed to protect God-ordained relationship, whatever that looks like. What God brings together is for a reason. Next, God never abandons those he's in covenant with, so neither should we. Even in our lowest moments, even in our highest moments, we should be there for each other through every season. A covenant is a serious commitment. God honors our serious commitments to each other. I have seen this happen time and time again. When you tell someone that you're going to pray for them, you better do it. And let me tell you, if you do that from a heart position of honoring covenant, you're going to see fruit from that. I have seen instantaneous fruit from, from that kind of intercession for my friends. And I'm telling you, it's incredible. I am amazed and in awe of what the Lord does through that. Covenants are holy, therefore our interactions within covenants should be holy. Remember the podcast I did last season on the gray area? There's no gray area. I think that might be worth revisiting here before you really 
commit to this kind of relationship with another person because we are called to represent Christ in our relationships with each other. So that means that our behavior has to be holy in our covenants with each other. The nature of covenant is going to be dependent on who you're in covenant with. Now, I didn't really mention this in the first podcast, but there are examples of covenants in scripture that are businesslike in nature. There were biblical leaders who would go to a king of a country and the word covenant is used in scripture to describe the agreement that they're making to allow Israel or whoever to pass through their country without cause, you know, creating war or creating dissension. And they would enter into this covenant to keep peace because God had to, you know, would, would ordain this in order to, for God to get his purposes accomplished. So this is a business-like covenant. Nonetheless, it's still a covenant. So it needed to be honored And it's just the nature of the covenant is different, obviously, than like a marriage covenant. The relationship between the leader and the king is not quite the same as the relationship between the leader and his wife. This seems obvious, but it's worth mentioning, okay? There are also different levels of covenant related to what I just said here. But let's look at the covenants we described. The covenant between a man and, wa- man, and, man and wife is not the same as a covenant between two friends. The covenant between friends is not the same as a covenant between God and man. Nonetheless, right, God teaches us how to honor each other as our covenants interweave. And he will always show us how to honor his word through honoring others. We know covenant relationships are not to be entered into with just anyone. Israel is described by the prophets on many occasions as to having made covenant with the wrong people, thus leading them into idolatry and sin. Some of you are in covenant relationships right now that are keeping you stuck in these exact things. Remember that Satan understands the value of covenant and relationship. He can and will take anything and twist it to try to get us off track. Choose your covenant relationships wisely. God entered covenant with people all throughout history out of love. And he entered covenants intentionally. He loves his creation. He loves us. He thinks of us. He wants to commit to us. And and these commitments, these covenants revolve around his perfect love. And he demonstrates that to us in these covenants. And ultimately, our covenants to each other need to exemplify that perfect love. No matter if it's business, a business covenant, or a covenant between two friends. And we can also learn, this is the last thing we can learn. I'm sure there are many other things, but I I came up with 10 because 10 is a nice number, you know. Covenant relationships benefit both parties if done correctly. So I'm going to pause and be honest. I have really struggled most of my life with being in healthy relationships, period. Covenant relationships aside. Because I very quickly, without hesitations, would put up walls to prevent myself from being hurt or from hurting others. I have even put up walls with my own husband. And I know that some of you out there listening may be wondering how this is supposed to apply to you. 
But I tell you that this started for me when I was in elementary school and really became pretty solidified through a traumatic event in middle school. Kids are going to be kids. Kids and teenagers and young adults, all of us, even grown adults, are still learning and maturing. We're learning how to love each other and what Jesus, what it looks like to, to imitate Jesus. The maturing process is going to expose a lot of selfishness in us and in others. And I know that there are some of you listening who have probably had some of the same experiences that I had. Or maybe you have been made fun of for what you wear, what you look like, what you do, what you don't do. I believe that some of you might have experienced this when you were itty bitty. Some of you right now are even understanding why, are are having a hard time understanding why certain people just don't like you. You do so much for people to love people and to to show people your 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 commitment to them, and yet they they don't reciprocate. You don't understand why people gossip and talk about you behind your back. So when I talk to you about all of this stuff, you're like, I'm trying to be in covenant. Or some of you are like, no, I'm done with this. I don't want to be in covenant with anyone because all you know is that people hurt you. People leave you. This is a hard concept for you to understand viewing it through your hurt, which is why you had to go through what you went through last week with Sam. And so if you're still dealing with that, you might want to go back and listen to that podcast again. And maybe, though, you're convicted and you're the guilty party. Maybe you have been guilty for making fun of people and judging people and talking about people behind their back. And I want you to know it's okay. The Lord can fix and restore all of that. Follow the conviction of the Lord in this moment. Just remember, though, that the Lord is in covenant with you. You are never alone. You're always loved and accepted. The Lord's not going to talk bad about you to other people. And he's not going to reject you. He's not going to be critical of the brand of clothes that you're wearing. He is your best friend. And it might be cliche for you to hear this right now, but it's the truth and we can't hear it enough. The Lord wants to give you courage to invite him to walk with you and guide you in your day-to-day life so that you're not bothered by all of this stuff, so that you're not burdened with feeling unworthy and unloved. He wants to show you how to be good friends to others, regardless of what they are, what they're not doing right. He's going to show you how to be a good leader. I know that this is something that I had to have a talk with my 10-year-old about recently. There are going to be some people that are going to be able to be in relationships with like this easily. But there are going to be others that just won't. But Jesus is closer than a brother. And I believe he wants to teach you how to let some of those instances with people roll off your shoulders. You can have Jesus-centered relationships. It might be embarrassing for me to admit that it's January. It was January of 2021. And I'm nearing the 40 years old. And that's when I started to get all of this. Maybe that's embarrassing. I guess I'll just, I'm just airing some embarrassing dirty laundry to you, but I'm really starting to feel in this season those walls come down and I'm starting to really shake off those traumatic events. 
you know, the, the event in middle school that I referred to, I had forgiven those two girls. I had a really amazing church in Louisiana who really helped me walk through that. But the walls had never really entirely come down. And, you know, it's possible to forgive people and the after effects of that traumatic event still linger. And that's that was the purpose of last week's episode. That's why you have to go back. That's why you go to inner healing or counseling, by the way. I had remained that entire time afraid to be hurt. Through this covenant relationship teaching that the, the Lord has been talking to me about, the walls began to be crushed. And I believe that the same thing can happen for you. However, I want to talk really briefly to this type of person because I know that they're out there. But there are some of you who are introverts. But there are some introverts who really just don't like to be around people. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We have this saying at church where we say people are great and it's sarcastic because, you know, people are people and people are going to do peopley things and they're going to hurt you and, you know, be stupid and including myself, right? And you might be surprised to hear this, but there, I am actually an introvert myself in many ways. My favorite thing is to be alone so that I can chill. So I do get it. But I do know that the reality of some of my introvertedness that's in me was and probably still is a little bit fueled by wounding and incorrect mindsets. So what I'm realizing is that even though it may not always be what I want to do in any given moment and it's not always what makes me the most comfortable, I have to put those things aside because God doesn't call for us to live life alone. It is one thing if God is not leading you to be close to this person or that person. Because remember, you don't need to be in covenant relationships with just anyone and their mom. But I do think it's worth mentioning because we have to ask ourselves why we, not ask ourselves, sorry, we need to ask the Lord why we have these patterns in our life. Why we are living this way. Why we are thinking this way. Why we are doing this. So, There are some of you that are like, yes, I want to be serious about being in covenant relationships with other people and I want some practical things to help me with this. So I'm going to give you some of the practical things that I have started doing in my life that have produced fruit. So they are going to be obvious and that's okay that they're obvious because sometimes hearing the obvious things again clicks, right? Pray for one another. This is obvious, but I'm I'm serious. You guys know, let's be real. So many of you are like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And then you never do. When you're in covenant relationship, the basis of your relationship needs to be prayer. You need to be praying for each other with each other. You also need to be honest with each other. And this is something I'm still learning because it's hard. It's hard because we love each other. We don't want to hurt each other. But if we're honest with each other and and being led in love and you have a covenant relationship with each other, honesty is not going to look like abuse, right? You need to be led by the Spirit and your speech to one another. And this includes those moments where you're being honest. How can I – you stop. How can I say this, 
right? Before, but so if you if you have a moment where you need to be honest with another person, you need to stop, get in the habit of stopping and being like, Lord, how can I say this right now that would be clear, reflect your heart, and also honor my friend, my spouse, my mentor, my my mentee. That's so important. The spirit really will help us in every aspect of our relationships with each other if we will just ask. The spirit's a gentleman, you know? And if you're walking with the spirit intently, you're going to notice that you don't even have to ask. The spirit's just going to do it. But it's always a good habit in those really tricky moments to just stop and ask and be led by the spirit. I think it's also really important to be preferential and deferential in your relationships with each other. So I'm going to use an example, a couple of examples. I'm going to use my husband as an example. So my husband really likes Chinese food. I am not a fan for a variety of reasons. Partially because I have allergies and secondly because my stomach hurts and thirdly I just don't like the taste of it all the time. But he really likes Chinese food. I personally need to do a better job of honoring that preference that he has so that because I I want him to know that I love him and I honor him. All right. So here's another example. So I am a really big believer in the love languages and I'm actually not going to use ironically the love languages in reference to my spouse, to my husband, but uh, this is totally applicable there too. But one of the things that I'm starting to recognize about those that I'm in close relationship with is that it's important for me to figure out how they love and how they receive love and how they give love and what makes them feel loved and appreciated and honoring that even though a lot of times it's the complete opposite of what is instinctive to me. And this is what it means to selflessly serve one another, which is another one of my practical things, okay? So I'm connecting this to the serve one another category, all right? Because if I know that acts of service, which is my one of my love languages, by the way, is important to my friend, I am going to volunteer to cook dinner for them when they're busy or sick or I'm going if if another person's love language is words of affirmation I'm going to make it a habit to be led of the spirit to send them encouraging notes so the that's why this also qualifies as service because a lot of times when we're giving preferential deferential treatment to those that we're in relationship with it's sacrificial I don't understand how another one I might not be able to understand how one person functions but yet they function that way and even though it's not what I prefer I need to get out from my pride and recognize that this is how I'm going to serve them even though it might make me uncomfortable at first because I just think might think it's weird like why would that person like that it doesn't matter if it's not sinning and it's not pull, it, it pulling me away from the Lord. It's actually going to put me closer to the Lord to put down my pride and actually, you know, make dinner for someone. 
I, because that, that will make them feel loved and loved and affectionate, even though I might not in that situation need for someone to make dinner for me. Does that make sense? In addition, all of these are sort of connected in a really cool way if you start to look at it. It's really important in your covenant relationships to recognize each other's gifts and encourage one another and them. I have friends who have the gift of hospitality and I also have that gift, but just because I have that gift doesn't mean that someone else can't have that gift and I need to encourage them and uplift them in their gifts. Remember the David and Jonathan story. Jonathan recognized David's anointing and authority. So what did he do? He gave David his robe and his bow, right? Because he recognized the authority. But David also recognized Jonathan's gift of discernment and kindness and gentleness, as you can see in other evidence from the scripture of their other interactions. So that's what I mean. Like, it's okay for you to recognize the gifts of others when they're the same as yours or different. And we need to do a better job of encouraging each other to walk in our gifts and put elevating each other and putting each other in position to be successful. Which leads me to my next point. We need to speak life to one another. When we're down, we need to speak life. And I know from personal experience that I am guilty of being a dramatic person and sometimes a paranoid person. But I can always count on my covenant friendships to really speak truth, be honest with me and honor me, but also speak life to me in those situations. It's a beautiful thing to hear the truth in love and uplift each other and encourage each other. Which leads me to the next point. We must be patient and graceful with one another. I am quite sure that some of my friends are sometimes quite sick of my dramatization of life. And I want to honor them right now in this moment and Thank them for their patience with me because they truly are. They are patient in, in, my, in my dramatization and freak out moments and they're so graceful to me and I just really appreciate all of that and am grateful and it's really easy in those moments to reciprocate that to others when you've been the receiver of grace and patience. And remember, there is no one more patient and graceful with us than the Lord. So if the Lord can be patient and graceful to us, we need to be that to other people. And obviously, the most important thing is that we forgive one another and refuse any offense even in the deepest, most covenant human relationships that we're going to have here on earth, we are still human and we're going to mess up. Husband and wives are going to mess up. Friends are going to mess up. Mentors and, their, the, and, and the people that they are discipling and mentoring, there's going to be mess ups. And we need to learn to not hold on to any offense, not take things personally and really go before the Spirit and lay all of that down because you're not going to be able to do the other things on this list if you can't do this. 
ultimately, all of the things on this list are about loving one another. Nowhere on this list does it say that we tolerate each other's sin or excuse one another's sinful behavior. Also, nowhere on this list does it say that we have to expect for our relationships to be happy and perfect without flaw. Neither does it say you must spend all of your time with this person, call and text each other many times a day, and make sure that they are involved in every single aspect of your life at all times without any boundaries. Covenants have boundaries. That's why there are specifics that must be mutually understood. My covenant relationships with my friends, the friends that I have covenants relationships with, are not going to overstep my covenant relationship with my husband or my children. The only covenant relationship that takes precedent over all others is the covenant relationship that you have with the Lord. And I can tell you right now that the Lord's not going to ask anything of you or me that will dishonor others because dishonoring others when you're in these type of relationships is ultimately dishonoring him, the Lord. You see all of how all of this comes full circle, right? It is the covenant that drives and sets the standards. This covenant, the covenant that we have with the Lord that drives the standards for all other covenants. There are going to be times that we hurt each other. There are going to be times that it's hard to commit to each other in this way and we're going to fail. But God will not fail. And if we submit to God in this, he will guide us, he will convict us, he will redeem and he will restore and we will be able to get this right. And I believe that this is a kingdom mindset. I know, I know this is hard for some of you because, man, this is a lot to ask. But we can run to the cross, run to the person that we're in everlasting covenant with and receive from him what we need to get from this. Any wall that still needs to come down, any unhealthy relationships that need to be severed, or maybe you're supposed to enter into relationships and you've not been obedient in that because you're just uncomfortable and you're scared. Remember though that covenant is a choice and every covenant, every choice begins with a yes or no. Your yes to Jesus said yes to an eternal relationship with God and he has all of the answers for you. What does God expect of you in regard to your relationships with others? What do you need to make right? What do you need to surrender? Let God affirm you, but also allow God to lovingly show you how all of this plays out in your life because we are not meant to do life alone. So that's it for this series on covenant relationships. I hope that you've been blessed by it. I know that I have been blessed by the Lord through him talking to me about it. I'm so excited about what's coming up on the podcast. I'm going to be joined by my husband who has not been a guest yet on the Still Small Voice podcast. I know you're all probably wondering why. Well, he's just a really busy guy. So he's going to come on and we're going to be joined by some newlywed couples. And listen, if you're single or if you're dating, it does not matter 
what season of life you're in, I think this is going to be worth listening to because if you're a parent and you're kind of wondering, you know, what's it like these days being a newlywed? How can I come alongside my children to help them? Or if you're single and you're like, what is it really like right after you're married? Because, you know, you keep hearing all this stuff about, oh, they're just newlyweds. What's it What's it really like? Same thing for you people dating or engaged. I just think this is going to be a really fun conversation, but also an honest and truthful one. And I am positive you guys are going to hear some things that you probably had not heard before. And then I'm going to just take a week to honestly ask you guys some questions. Not just you guys, but myself too. I've really been thinking a lot about the why behind things. And I felt prompted by the Lord to share the same questions with you that I've kind of felt like he was asking me. Okay, and also, this is one of the last few shameless plugs I'm going to give for real 2021 because, guys, it is the middle of September. We are just a few weeks away. If you live in Lynchburg, even if you don't live in Lynchburg and you're listening to this by chance, and you feel like the Lord is prompting you to come and you are between ages 18 and 30 and female, I think you should register today at myrealconference.com because it's free. I will say that again. It's free. We are giving you Chipotle. There will be door prizes. You know, some of those books that I talked about in my first podcast, Those may or may not be door prizes at the conference. I am also making my very famous banana bread for you guys to have in the morning on Saturday morning. And look, I'm just going to be real. I could use all of that to try to sway you to come. But really, that's just some of the excitement. The real excitement is that the Lord is doing something amazing in this region and this conference. I truly believe and am coming into agreement with it being an integral part to the beginnings of revival in the Lynchburg area. And we're not live streaming it. The reason that we're not live streaming it is because we are trying to obey the Lord and provide a safe space for young women to come and just be real and open and vulnerable. And we feel like live streaming that really kind of goes against what the Lord is asking us to do at this conference. We will be recording some of the teachings, but other than that, this is why you need to show up. You need to show up and be in the house of the Lord with other women pursuing the Lord, pursuing healing and wholeness, and just being in his presence and living in a real community with other believers. There is nothing better. And look, I am all about digital discipleship. Obviously, I'm doing this podcast. I am all about live streaming services, and I do understand that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. But let me rest all of your concerns at ease. 
there will be masks if you want to wear a mask. And our church is very large. There is lots of room for you to social distance. I know that I have decided that I will also be personally wearing a mask when I am not speaking. So you will not be the only person wearing a mask. If you want to wear a mask, just wear a mask. Do not hesitate to come. We are taking so many precautions to keep everyone safe because we do recognize that there's still a threat, but we also recognize that there is no substitute to gathering together in community to pursue the Lord. So we're moving forward, and I hope to see you there, ladies. Until next time, have a great now week. Hear my sin.